and welcome to another episode of Thoughts of the Roundtable with me, Matt Rebar. And my name is Paul Lauchs. Yeah. A business be, name. Not to be confused with Paul Lauchs. A Lauchs. Remember when I called you Paul Lauchs? I've stopped correcting people with my last name, <laughs> to be totally honest. I've gotten it all. How do you think I feel as the Silent H killer out here with <laughs> Rebar? I don't know, because when I met you, you told me your last name pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So I always kind of knew how it was pronounced, but mm-hmm. I, I wish I would know how I would try to pronounce it. Fun fact. Because it's kind of ruined for me now that I know yeah. how it is pronounced. Fun fact, I, when I met you, I didn't think you liked me. I was like, oh, this guy. Like, you were kind of hard-edged. You were like, hey. And I was like, oh, he's like, tough one. And, you know, and then now I know you. I was like, what the hell did I think that for? because <laughs> you met me at like four o'clock in the morning when I had that job. Or I had been up since four. No, I met you at the mean? APL that, uh, that uh, beer crawl. Oh, that's because I got screamed at in the beginning of that. Oh, so you were checked out. Gotcha. Literally, I got screamed at. Okay, now that like, I do remember that. Within the first that, five minutes of the event. I do remember that happening, and I've never connected it to it. I was like, oh, he's kind of like, doesn't want to, like, doesn't no. seem to be like. It I, like, pulled up sense. to the event literally minutes after I had gotten off the phone from my boss being, like, bellowed at. On the you bus. just, like, walk out of the door. Hello, I'm here. <laughs> and you're like. I was on my way to the event, and I got a phone call screaming. Oh. That's how that went. stressful. And then I got yelled at uh, at the end, too. So that was a fun one. Yeah. So last time when we were here, we talked about how you saw a Slam Poetry 24-hour event. Yeah. And that I actually competed in Slam Poetry. Okay. So first of all, it was back when I was in college and we had to... Uh, I was on this, like, I don't know, low-budget TV production thing. We'd go around the city. Yeah. Go to restaurants, you know, film a package there, whatever. And we had come across this event of a 24-hour slam poetry mm-hmm. marathon. And, I mean, we all know what slam poetry on. Is that really abrasive and, you know, eccentric? It's not just poetry. It's like mm-hmm. people like, you know, it's very, po- it's poet's poetry, yeah. basically. And so, which is funny that you competed in it. Well, I've all, you know me, I write for like yeah. 20 years. I've written a lot of novels, lyrics, poems, scripts, blogs, everything. The music you write is, it's like borderline slam poetry almost. Esque. That's actually a compliment because it's I, esque. most of my music that I write, the point of it is to kind of like be a take on pop music. So I kind of like it to sound like on the surface of it look shallow, but then underneath it really have these like deep, like lyrical meanings, ideas. Which is saying because the next album's actually... I think I might drop the next album in November of this year. <gasps> oh my god. Isn't that your third one this year? No, this will be my second... Actually, my second one this year. Because Grenadine came out last year. By the way, we should link all these onto the podcast. I will. Game Over is on Apple... Well, here's the thing. Game Over is on Apple Music, uh, Spotify. You know, it's on Tidal. It's on Amazon. It's on Google Play. Like, I'm like, oh wow. Like, it's kind of le- legit. Which I'm like, am I legit though? And I think I'm going to, what I'm going to do, I'm going to drop the new album in October or November this year, and then I'm going to go back to the album I released last year and remaster it, and then upload that as well to Spotify and Apple. And I'm in the talks, this is like such a scoop for like the two people who like listen to this. (laughs) Uh, They're like, oh wow. I'm talking to a couple people who, um, I want to perform live musically. I've been wanting to do it for like a long time. Porchella. I still got to get Porchella. Yes. I was supposed to do my headliner here at Paul's house for Porchella. And then I ripped my deck apart and rebuilt it. <laughs> and, then, and then Paul was like, there is no porch. And they're they're going to well, be the whole, a the, new Well, the one. idea, the vision I had in my mind for Porchella mm-hmm. was to literally have like three people here. Yeah. Like have this setup. Of but like a now pe- it's going to be like maybe like 50 to 70 and I will headline the performance. 
with my outrageous pop act. <laughs> and costume changes. Oh my god, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so we were we came across this thing of a slam poetry event overnight mm-hmm. at some cafe it's akron yeah. ohio there's okay. freaking weird little hipster cafes yeah all it's like things. cafe Fresh. and so we, we we had the idea it's like okay it went from i think um 10 a.m to 10 a.m yeah i think it was and it's like we could have we of course you can you know go during the day and whatever mm-hmm. have dinner there and bounce out but like we want to see the people who are there at like two mm-hmm. because this is like a world record actually they were oh. looking for and so, so they were like calling people like, listen, we're just here to break the record. To set the record. Yeah. The record didn't actually exist. Oh. <laughs> so they were setting the record. Okay. But anyway, so it's like, let's go in the middle of the night to see yeah. when the... Because it's not as... First of all, let's be honest. How exciting can you make a package on slam poetry be? See, there's good it, slam poetry, uh, but like... It, this, is, it, yeah. this wasn't going to be the place yeah. that you saw that. Sorry, I'd be cruel, but no, no, no. I mean, like, I competed when I competed internationally. The the level of talent and just writing and performance is high. Yeah, and so, and I kind of tell my friends, I'm a little bit of an art snob. Like, even doing stand up, like that, I've been doing. Like, I've been snobby. Like, oh, I would never do a joke like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just kind of like, and I realize that, so I try and like realize too that, like, okay, just because you go at it really intensely and that you, you know, you have a very vision doesn't mean that everyone, like right. some people just do it for funsies you know and it's like calm down let rebecca <laughs> let rebecca do her piece okay so we get there and i think we showed up at like 145 in the morning jeez and so <laughs> and mind you we get there and there's only may there's probably 15 people mm-hmm. in the room only like eight are poets Mm-hmm. And nobody's showing up. Mm-hmm. And so what they're having yeah. to do is have people just go up over and over and, and over, over and over and just come up with stuff on the fly. And I'll never forget the first one we saw because we set up, it was like two in the morning. All right, let, we're like, all right, let's film this. Yeah. Get some, you know, nice solid footage of this stuff. This lady starts talking about her nipples. Like immediately really? just starts I talking about it. nipples. I love it. I was like, oh my God. And she's like comparing her boobs to like lemons and mine, this lady is mid sixties, okay. no doubt. And we're like, well, we can't use this one. Like, I was like, like the collars are gonna let us show some lady talking about her freaking lemon nipples. No, like, n- I, no, no, it's not gonna no happen. Way. So we filmed some other stuff, and it's like getting progressively weirder as we like. Mm. Some guy goes up there in his pajamas and basically just like one guy read a um, Swenson's menu. Oh my lord! And yeah, see to me that doesn't count as breaking the record. He, it's like you're filibustering. Yeah, basically that's what they were doing. Oh my god! And so we saw some guy who went up there and he looked like Mel Gibson. And oh, so wow. someone told him that, and they were live streaming this whole thing. <laughs> and so the people on the live stream were like, "Dude, you look like Mel." So then he's on the. It was just a mess. And so it just led to, and then there was somebody who went up there talking about like killing people. Oh. And we're like, man. So we, it was about like four o'clock in the morning. We dipped out of there. Yeah. We never, no we never finished the bed because like, w- there's nothing we can do with this. I do get worried because you know some of the novels I've written have very serious dark themes, and I think some people, like sometimes people, like there's like this disconnect between like, you know, there's the artist and the art. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was just listening to uh, to a true crime podcast, and they were like, well, he wrote about these topics so like that could make him a murderer i'm like well no i mean that's just the creative 
you know, process is like you, it all depends you on do what it things. is. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I mean, it'd be different if he like wrote the the crime scene, you know, two days before the crime happened. Okay, maybe that's suspicious, but just because someone's like, oh, they wrote this dark poem, like it doesn't necessarily mean they're a dark person, right? But can you imagine going up there and you're like, I have to fill ten minutes of stage time, and you're like, they tried to get us to go up there too. Nipples. That was the first one we saw. The first one. We're like, dude, if this whole thing's gonna be like this. And then you were like, suddenly this single drink, like I need a double. <laughs> like, bartender, bartender. It was uncomfortable, man. To the max. When I performed, so this happened back in high school. I uh, had a friend named Max and he was already doing slam poetry. And I was like, okay, like I, that sounds like something I would be interested in. And we both competed at, so Playhouse Square was doing a competition. How do you compete in poetry? I just don't get it. Well, so long story made short, the event is called Brave New Voices. Mm-hmm. And the two years that I was in the team was out in San Francisco. So that's why I've been to San Fran twice, was because they flew me out okay. this, for this competition. Um, so what Playhouse Square did is they had like preliminary rounds and matches. And then it took like a final 12 to 15. And it was like on a Friday night in like the Connor Palace. So like I performed on the Connor Palace before. Ooh. I know, ooh, wow. I feel like this whole episode is just me being pretentious. Basically. I'm an art snob. I perform on the Connor Palace. I can no, hear no, no, no. the unsubscribers. <laughs> the amount of people are like, click this <laughs> off. Pause, delete, forever. But, um, so like both, so there's like, I was in the top 15 basically for those two years. The first year I actually placed like seventh, but there was a dropout. So I was on the team because the top six become the team. Second year I placed in the top six and I was on the team again. Um, and what was different is, you know, and this is something that I was very aware of is like performance poetry is predominantly, you know, it's mostly black and Latina, Latino, um, art form. And so there, there I was as this white boy from, you know, I went to St. Ignatius. It wasn't like I was like, you know, like I'm middle class and very like privileged in a lot of ways, you know, especially when it came to my education. And I think people like first saw me and they're like, what the hell is this kid doing here? And to make it more interesting was a lot of people went up there with like very personal poetry mm-hmm. about their life, their experiences, you know, these really hard hitting stories and metaphors, you know, like, you know, sexual assault stories. But I would do like the total opposite. I would do like a lot of persona and like satire pieces. So like the one piece I did, and I remember this is it was called Prima Donna and it was my housewife piece. And so like I went up there and I was like, the, the poem is basically like the experiences of a housewife. And I'd be like, I should get the maid. And I was like snapping off. I was like, Consuelo, Consuale, whatever your name is, I want a margarita. And the whole theater, like everyone was screaming because it just like, it, it was like, it was a true performance, you know? Yeah. It wasn't this like thing where it was like, my scars shine with a thousand moons. It was like, <laughs> it was written as like this caricature. And then it came full circle. It ended with me kind of like breaking the ice a little bit. But that was, so it was a completely different style. It was like, who the hell is this white boy? Um, which, you know, in some ways I deserved because, you know, I'm coming in, you know. And, um, and but I, it was very different. And so when I went internationally as this team, I mean, not only were my teammates so, like, great of their own accord, but then to see these other people, like, you know, because there were people from New York and Miami, you know, to Cali, to, it, there was like, I think Guam, people came from Guam, Guam. and England, and that, it, like, such talent, and such good stories, you know, like, one of the pieces we did, it was me and two girls, and it was called Mountaintop Removal, about mountaintop removal, 
And so um, I played the businessman character. The one girl played the local and the other girl paid, like, played a passerby. And so it was basically like these three perspectives of mountaintop removal. And I was like, listen, like we're here to make money. Like it is about the bottom dollar. Remove the goddamn mountain. And so like that piece too, like the character, I was really good at doing characters. I mean, you are a character. Yeah. So now that Paul's gone 16 times in the last two minutes. Oh man, I don't know what's going on. Paul's like, I just don't do poetry. I can't appreciate poetry. The funny thing is I failed poetry. Did you? How do you fail poetry? I don't know. I can't write poetry. But here's the thing. Did, did you, when you think of poetry, do you think of a rhyming scheme? Well, that's no. kind of what poetry Ooh. is. Ooh. Yeah, it is, though. Good poetry to me, it's about the poetry I mean, and like, not the rhyming scheme. Poetry rhymes, or at least most people think of poetry as rhyming. I, I will agree. I think most people think of it as couplets and like, the bear walked into the room. I am, a, a, B, a, B, I am a, B, part a, B. of the groom. The, yeah. To me, good poetry doesn't have rhyme structure because I feel like the rhyme structure, like rapping is rhyme structure. Like I agree when you rap, you rhyme. But to me, poetry is not rap and rap. Well, no. You ever seen that famous Poetry, Poetry can be rap. Rap can be poetry. But I think save the rhymes for the rap. Poetry should just be like what comes naturally, what flows out of you. Didn't Emily Dickinson rhyme? I don't know if she did. Bet she did. Bet she did. Bet you bottom dollar. Well, anyway, now that we've talked, now that we have unsubscribed like twenty people, uh, Paul, poetry's not that bad. I just don't that get news. it. I just don't get it, man. Okay, okay. So this is. Have you ever worked in a retail, like a grocery store, or anything like this? I worked retail for like a hot second at a bookstore chain that I won't name, but it rhymes with Farns and Tobles, <laughs> and. Oh my goodness, Paul. Alright, so you probably got a lot of complaints, I'm assuming. I mean, not about me, but just people who are like... Well, I'm talking about the store. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, the whole thing about the retail experience is that people just want to complain. Everyone should have to work in retail for at least a year. One year. What if instead of sending people to prison, we send them to work retail? I'm telling you. Um, is that a bad idea? It's like how... Um, like you murdered someone? Waffle House. 30 years of retail. Waffle House. Some, uh, it, one of them failed its uh, inspections. Mm-hmm. And, like ABC wrote this article about it. ABC got lit up. Because everyone's like, listen, we know Waffle House doesn't pass inspection. <laughs> it's like, that's like, okay. You don't go to Waffle House It's like, House you're not going the there for... Yeah. One guy, there's some comedian that came out with a video. He's like, I want my cook there to have a felony. Oh, <laughs> you did show me that. Yeah, yeah you were like... He's like, like, he's like making my eggs with some fear in his heart. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I remember that video. Oh, man. Anyway, so going back to this. Yeah. This, uh, it was at a Walmart, obviously. Okay. In Texas, obviously. Oh, lordy. And so this woman, you know how they have those, like, uh, like cakes, those pre-made bakery cakes? I, for a second, I thought you were talking about urinal cakes, and I was like, uh... How okay. the hell did your mind go there? I don't know, because I'm thinking cakes. Okay, bakery. Bacon so some lady, cake. uh, took one, and while she was shopping, ate half of it. Oh, dear. Then went up to customer service and... complained? At, no, asked to get the cake half off. And she got banned from the Walmart. Oh my god, the audacity. <laughs> oh, they don't care. The People audacity. Care. And so, moving on to the next thing. Uh, remember, it was two episodes ago, we talked about the meteor passing over yeah, Earth. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they found another asteroid that's... Eh, not, it's kind of close to Earth. Okay. This one we actually want to crash, or be Why? nice. It's not as big, but it's nearly solid gold. Oh! <gasps> Can you imagine? Can you imagine the rise that would happen if a solid gold hunk 
just crashing. Crash into the earth. It's reportedly worth um, over 32 million euros. It's not that big. But still. But still. 32 million euros. Oh, this is awesome. And finally. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I saw this last week. I, and I, I wanted to text you about it, but I didn't want to ruin it. So, have you ever lived in any place that you thought was like haunted or anything? You know what? I've never really had an experience with anything haunted or evil yet. And I'm kind of upset because like... You want that? I want, I want to experience something that I'm like, this is what has me believing in the paranormal. My friend uh, moved into a new house when he was younger. Mm-hmm. And to this day, it was his parents' house, so his poor parents, if this mm-hmm. is true. To this day, he claims he did something wrong with the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. And he got some effed up spirits in his house. And like we, like bad stuff like keeps happening. Like He like sees people... Like in his parents' house, and he said he didn't. It didn't happen until like yeah. he did, he's like I f something up with this Ouija board and really messed, See, messed his house. Up. I think I do believe in spirits for sure, mm-hmm. but I just have never had anything happen. I have never had anything that I can think of personally either. I wonder if it's because I'm too busy living like my Carrie Bradshaw esque like running around town like single mom on the go, killing my my succulents from the last episode. And I'm just too busy to notice spiritual things well, like, like that? Well, like, I'm not afraid of anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, people are afraid. Like, I'm not afraid. I can go to my basement. I can sleep in my basement. I don't care. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's because I have nothing. I don't fear anything. I don't really think about it. Yeah. Like, when I'm in a basement, I'm just, I'm in my basement. Don't make deal with me. You know what and I'm saying? I like to think that I live my life as a pretty decent person. So, like, I feel like, I don't know. Like, there's no reason that a spirit would want to. I'm like, more worried about somebody, like, ringing your doorbell at 2 a.m. Because they're just higher so <laughs> okay so anyways going back to this this uh, Virginia dad moved into a brand new house okay? okay thought that his house was haunted when he got there mm-hmm. which I guess is the first sign or whatever he got up in the middle of the night because he thought he saw a naked devil and shot 39 shots into the house in the wall look at that that wall is <laughs> literally covered in bullets <laughs> He shot 39 times at what he said was a naked devil. Can you imagine being the contractor called up the next day and it's like, why, why is there it? all these bullet holes? I, I want to know why the, the uh, devil was naked. I feel like the devil usually is like chest out pretty skimpy because it's like all about like kind of like lust, right? Can, yeah, can and I, God's always modest in his robes. I guess so. I, guess. I don't know. Speaking of paranormal or otherworldly creatures you know what a centaur or what is the thing it's half man half half horse not the centaur yeah a centaur you were right so someone said this the other day and you mm-hmm. have to find a just look up a picture of of, of donald trump standing just like standing mm-hmm. anywhere because oh i've <laughs> seen the photoshop someone yes. says he looks like a like he stands like a centaur that doesn't have the horse part of his body Yes, because he leans forward. <laughs> he like, yeah, he leans and forward. And I can't unsee this. He uh, literally looks like a... Oh, uh, what was it? Yeah. I think it was this one. Oh, that one. Oh, my God. That one right there. It's so true. <laughs> he stands like a centaur. That misses the, that misses is the bag. so true. Now Isn't I can't that? unsee it. Oh You'll never unsee, unsee that again. All right, so oh, you got right. some advice for us? That's advice. Dad advice with me, Matt. Okay, so these three are all about gifts. Okay. So that's the theme. I kind of went a little thematic. So I hope you like it. Uh, so this is from Ask Manager. People are upset that my candy dish is gone. So for a couple of years, I kept a candy dish on my desk filled with chocolate. It was something I enjoyed providing. Sometimes I got frustrated with greedy people and the fact that only one person ever offered to put in candy or money into it. But it was something I did. But I saw a financial advisor about a month ago who told me I needed to cut expenses. 
She realized she was almost spending $1,000 a year on candy for this candy Good jar. Good God. And she's like, yeah, that's like $20, $25 a week adds up when you multiply it. So she's st- decided. How much was she putting in there? I don't know. I, she must have been putting a lot and her coworkers must have freaking sucked. I know. That's why you put crappy candy yeah. in there that nobody wants. So she's like, so I decided to stop providing candy. She, the first week was easy because I was out of the office. I figured people would get used to it. But now we're in the second week and there are comments. No candy. When's the chocolate coming back? Some wanted me to explain why it's gone. One person suggested I could keep buying it, but then asked the company to reimburse me. All the people making comments and demanding explanations are the higher-ups in the office. These people probably make four and five times what I make. And to top it all off, there is a drugstore with candy for sale right in the building. I've tried saying I'm passing the torch, or as Miss Manners advises in such occasions, giving a tight-lipped, weak smile. Still, the comments and questions persist. Why do, I, why do people think they're entitled to spend my money on this candy? How do I get the comments to stop? This is the most... It really is. And the Ask Manager gets right to it. She's like, people are thoughtless. Some of them probably don't even realize you were paying for the candy with your own money. And Um, they think asking your company to pay for it is just a cakewalk. And they probably think you're not even spending that much money on it either. That is a lot of money. You know? Can we be honest? Yeah. I mean, five bucks. That's a lot of freaking money. She says they're probably thinking you're spending like five bucks a week. I wonder what kind of candy she's putting in there. Full Snickers bars? Full Reese's? (laughs) Like, what are we talking about? Because that's why every time I see someone with a candy dish on their desk... It's like those uh, crappy, like, off-brand lifesavers that no one wants. And uh, she says, you know, people know, like, they're, they're taking it, but they just don't think about the money, um, which is, they're not entitled to it either, so they think they're entitled to it. So she says, just literally explain, or just say, I was spending too much money on it, I didn't want to keep buying it, my candy days are over, and don't let it get to you. If anyone pushes beyond that, you could say they sell it downstairs if you want to take over. And Send out one of those petty company emails oh my God, that says that. I mean... I think I'd be that kind of, I'm very honest with people. I think I'd be that honest to be like, I was spending $1,000 a year on candy. That is a lot of freaking, I still of can't my get own over, money. I still can't get over that. I literally can't. No. That's a portion of your salary gone. I, uh, especially when you don't make money. And I don't imagine she's making that much money no. to be, like it's different. Okay. I have, you know, if she was an upper executive. I mean, you're a millionaire. So for you, it'd be okay. <laughs> Me, a millionaire? More like a hundredaire. Um. <laughs> Here's this next one. Are you ready for this? This one I feel like you'd like. I like that one. Our grandniece was supposed... Well, yeah, but like you like this one too. Our grandniece was supposed to be married in April of 2018, but a week before the wedding, she caught her fiancé cheating and the wedding was called off. We live a thousand nice. miles away, so several weeks before the wedding, we went online to their gift registry and had a gift valued at more than $250 shipped directly to them. The mother of the bride confirmed when the gift was received. After the wedding day passed, we thought we would be reimbursed or that if we want the gift re- like asked if we wanted the gift returned it's been a little over a year now and not one word has been mentioned about returning any gifts other family members are in the same situation abby isn't it proper to return gifts if the wedding is called off if it was an inexpensive small gift we wouldn't feel so bad but are we we're kind of hurt and a bit shocked and abby's like girl you are not wrong i assume you never received a thank you either which that's she's right you probably didn't get a thank no. you or uh you know want this gift back she says, wedding gifts are not to be considered consolation prizes. The rule of etiquette is if there is no wedding and the wedding gift has not been used, it should be returned to the sender. I would think, yeah. I've never been in this situation, but just my gut reaction is that's what, what should happen. Yeah. Like, if I were to give somebody a gift and it didn't... What about this, though? Think about this. Say yeah. you give you give something... Uh, let me think of a good... A good... Mm-hmm. Here it is. A voucher for something on a trip, okay? Okay. Like a excursion or something that they're going to do, like, I don't know, nine months into their marriage. Mm-hmm. They get divorced after six. Ooh. 
What do you do then? If they get divorced, are they op- are they obliged to give some stuff back that they haven't well, used? Are they gonna? That's difficult. I don't know. That's what I want to know. Abby, dear Abby, I got my own dear Abby for. I got I, my own. Question. I guess my thing is, I. I would well, not. If I ever have a wedding. I really don't want these gifts. If anything, just give me cash. Give me like. 50 bucks because I'm paying for you to eat and drink tonight. Honestly, that's the better. You know what I mean? It's just easy that way. I don't want to go on the store and be like, I want these dishes and I want want that. Trust me, it is is nice though to get that kind of... You realize it later. See, but I'm not really a material kind of person. It's it's not really me. You and your AirPods. I'm not very material. Okay, listen. Once you go AirPods, yeah, just have to keep the AirPods going. (laughs) But, um, I don't know. There's no thank you gift. There are no thank you letter. There's no... Hey, do you want this back even? Um, I would say... I wonder what the gift is, though, too. They say it's 250 bucks, so I'm thinking like a nice appliance. What do you think? I would say, yeah, probably appliance, but I would say gifts. You gotta give it back. You know, a smart microwave? A smart microwave. I don't know, I'm just making stuff up. Okay, now this one I think is really interesting, because I could see your opinion on it, my opinion on it. It's, it's interesting. Dear Carolyn, I love Carolyn, because Carolyn's like Abby, but like a little bit more hip. Carolyn, I'm organizing a birthday party for my eight-year-old son. One of the neighborhood mothers called the other day asking for gift ideas. I told her a gift wasn't necessary, and I meant it, but she insisted. Since I didn't want to run the risk of her getting something he already has or didn't like, I suggested she get him a gift card. Now, I hear a rumor circulating that my suggestion was tacky and classless, and that I might as well ask for cash. Am I wrong here? And Carolyn takes this middle route. She goes... Yeah, I think you know what I'm going to say. Go she ahead. says, you know, maybe some see gift cards as a way to be polite. Others see it as rude. Since you don't always know who's going to fall in which camp, and since cash solicitations are always rude, and since when it comes to money, family is an extension of self, I would cancel the party, stump the lights, close the blinds, and sneak your son a cupcake. Tough neighborhood, you know? But next time... Damn. I think she was joking. Really? Oh, I think she was joking. Okay. I was going to say... Um, next time, maybe save gift card suggestions for family and close friends, because really, redundant gifts aren't exactly a crisis. I can't suggest much else in earnest, though, because your behavior here wasn't really the problem. The moment the mother ratted you out to anyone with an earshot, she became the rudest mother in the subdivision. Manners are about putting others at ease, not putting them out for shame. And irony is about calling someone tacky and class... There's irony that she's calling you tacky and classless, but she's being tacky and classless, you know, with her little gossip campaign. Um... All you have to do is smile it off, be warm to party guests, and next time you've asked about gifts, gifts suggest cheap, varied, returnable books or something. Let the gossips think your kid actually reads. Huh. Uh, I like that. Too. What? Oh. Wow, that's a little shade in there. But you know what? I think she makes a good point because I, I personally, if you were to be like, hey, you know, if I asked Paul, what do you want? And you said, oh, gift card's fine. I think I'd be like, okay, I could do a gift card, but like, I like personal gifts, you know? No, but I don't I, think I'd ever ask you. I wouldn't like ask you what you wanted. I think I would go ahead and do a personal or like a liquor or like a wine. Gift cards know? are a hundred percent okay. Yeah, a hundred percent. The only time gift cards are bad, and this has happened to me, when someone gets you a gift card for a store that's like not even within a fifty mile. <laughs> like I got you a Circuit City gift card. <laughs> no, I got one that like the nearest is like maybe an hour away. Oh my god, like, like Ponderosa or something. Jeez. So gift cards are okay. Just be mindful of it. Am- Nothing wrong with an Amazon gift. Who yeah. cares? It's- you know what? I think, too, Carolyn makes a good point. It's like you kind of know who you're talking to. She just threw shade at her, though, at the bottom of it. It's not like your kid actually reads. Well, I think... See, if Abby had like said that, that, I would have been a little pissy. But Carolyn can get away with that. Because <laughs> Car- Carolyn's cool. 
I don't know. I'm curious. Um, I mean, know, what's the big deal? What is what is the big deal? I think the biggest deal for me isn't the fact that she said, you know, you can get my son a gift card. It's that this lady was so offended that she had to tell the whole block. So that's your problem, not the gift card thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess as the author who was writing to Carolyn, she was kind of worried, like, well, was I out of line? And, but Carolyn's like, well, you just kind of have to know who to say gift cards. You gotta know your audience. You do gotta know your audience. And I could see an older lady who's a friend who's on the block getting upset with that. You know? Probably. Because I I think people see gift card gifts as, like, cop-out, it's cheap, it's tawdry. But it's easy! But I would rather get a $5 gift card to something I would use than, like, someone to spend 30 bucks on something that, like, I don't need. And let's be honest, redundant, um, redundant gifts are, they're a chore, because you got to exchange them, or, and it's, a, yeah. it's awkward at times. I mean, it's not the worst, it's just, like, I'm also really bad at, like, It's kids, you know kids are going to be, I got this already! So that's what you're going to run into. I think if anything, maybe she should have, like, I like the books idea. Books are good. I think that's a good idea. It's that's easy. It's a good way to go. Yeah. Remember for next time. For next time. Well, we had gifts. We had poems. What an episode. This was like a little classy today. I know. You art snob over it, there. Uh, seriously. Oh my God. That's going to be the name of the episode. Art snob city. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Later. Later.